Hello, everyone. Welcome to When I'm High, a podcast that is all about what it's like to be high. Uh, a good chunk of this part two of Sam's episode um, isn't actually about what it's like to be high. We get into a pretty interesting conversation about lots of lots of thoughts about cannabis and its uh, legality and uh, things like that. It was um, a very unexpected conversation that, um, you know, I think made us both think about a lot of things. Uh, so enjoy that part. Uh, that's going to be um, right after you hear me talking. Uh, but then we do get back into uh, more about what it's like to be high. On with part two. So, so given that, um, do you feel like your views on cannabis have changed over the years? Yeah, they have. They have. And we have to start way back in like uh, junior high, high school, mm -hmm. where there was a lot of it going on. And as a, a square peg who, um, you know, really didn't fit in, dealt with a lot of harassment and bullying from, from a lot of kids older kids bigger kids um kids who were you know getting the the quarter barrel and the keg and and smoking weed and i came to associate it with assholery mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know i didn't really know a lot of nice burnouts although and that's what we called them then yeah um even though i know there were some um they really weren't i wasn't in a group so I wasn't in either of those two groups who were user groups, you know. And so it, for me, it became kind of a point of pride of, yeah, I don't want to fit in with those, you know, popular asshole kids and jocks uh, and um, what they're doing is stupid. Um, and I, I continued, obviously, for a long time. I, I mean, I was around 40, as I said, when I finally took a bong hit mm -hmm. from um the singer in my band and she was like you never did this <laughs> no i had no reason to did you feel like that a lot of that assholery came from the cannabis because that it was so prevalent with them i'm not gonna say it came from it but i'm gonna say this there is an element to drug use or can be for some yeah. of hedonism and when I say hedonism, I don't mean, you know, that, that I'm against free love or against carnality. Um, it's more <sighs> taking something artificial or, in this case, natural, but, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. uh, um, impactful, and putting it inside me, altering my brain, um, for the fun of it and for a, lo a long time I felt and I guess I largely still do uh, that self-reliance is a good thing and I would make exceptions for medications mm -hmm. you know and so certainly I never had any problem uh, with marijuana for glaucoma or any of the other medical conditions chronic pain um, and hospice use and so forth um, but I did see these these kids and then young adults who the, there was a correlation. I'm not going to say it was cause and effect. There was a correlation between the hedonism of, you know, fuck you, you suck, you know, uh, the bullying and um, let's go get wasted, let's go get high. And these were the same, you know, they'd get high and, and um, it, it, it wouldn't make them mellow. It, to, my, to my experience, it didn't make them nice 
to me or to other people who are on the outside. Um, and, and, you know, today I look as a progressive, I look at all the issues that are on the progressive agenda and I see pot legalization there and I think, you know, that's qualitatively different. I'm sorry, it just is. It's not the same as fighting racism or sexism or homophobia. It's not the same. It's you want this thing that makes you happy and you want it to be legal and somehow that's getting mixed in with just basic justice and and marriage equality issues and right i i will actually respectfully disagree okay only because just because it's the first thing that popped in my mm-hmm. head and i think that there are other but i think the big one the really big one is um how black and brown people are so disproportionately arrested for cannabis use. That I think is one of the really, really big reasons. And I think, I know um, uh, Illinois was, this was the really the biggest reason why they pushed for legalization mm-hmm. was because, um, you know, they, they wanted to, to fix that mm-hmm. as much as they can. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you know, I think a lot of people got let out of jail. And so that alone, I, I, I totally see what you're saying. Yeah. But see I, what you're describing there is a legal, a legal phenomenon, um, any unequal enforcement based on race that what you're ducking there is the, the possible, um, solution of either, a, enforce it just as harshly against whites and white communities. And I'm not, you know, saying that that's the way to go. It clearly isn't. I'm right. glad they did what they did. That is a great reason to, I mean, but it just anything where justice is meted out unfairly, right? Like the death penalty, for yeah. instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if if you oppose the death penalty, you look at it and say, well, you know, how come X percent of these capital crimes are committed by whites versus blacks and yet of the blacks the majority are going there and of the whites the minority are not being sent to death row so i mean again this notion of make it easier for me to get that which i enjoy and uh that that's not the same as make it possible for me to marry a same-sex partner or make it possible for me to vote or to not get lynched. They, they're just different. They're right. qualitatively different to me. The, if you go back to the history of why it became illegal in the first place, mm-hmm. is very much based in race, uh, like almost 100% because, you know, they, they made it illegal because a lot of, you know, black jazz players were were getting high and mm-hmm. taking their white women you know these are things that right. they were saying and right. it, and it you know made them crazy whatever right. and so it, the 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 fact that it became illegal in the first place was because of race basically mm-hmm. um so it's really ends up being an equality issue sure Obviously, we're not going to... No, we're not going to convince each other, and and I don't mean to. I will say I am absolutely sure you're right that there is a significant overlap with issues of race. I'm also going to say that there are significant overlaps on race with a lot of other issues and on gender with a lot of issues and on orientation with a lot of issues. Yeah, and I was going to just tag on to that that said, but I, I still completely understand what you're saying, how just in the surface it does seem like cannabis legalization is so vastly different than gender rights and race rights and women's rights and all those things. I feel so, that it is. Yeah, I still yeah, yeah. feel that it is. And I, and I get that. I totally get that. You know, the progressive agenda, I'd like, okay, this isn't to me quite the progressive agenda. It may be something where I support you on the basis of self-determination, you know, which kind of is. 
But self-determination for what? To be able to marry the person you want? No. Self-determination for the ability to recreate yeah. in this specific way. At that level, it's absolutely, they're, they're, they're not equatable at all. Right. It's almost like saying if alcohol were illegal, it would be saying like, let's get alcohol legalized. Yeah. <laughs> right. So can I just go off with the alcohol thing for a second? Please. Because on the surface... I know it is patently unfair that alcohol is so legal and so easy to come by and has been ever since the end of Prohibition and is, frankly, more dangerous than pot. Scientifically proven. Right? It's addictive as opposed to possibly dependency fostering, mm-hmm, you know, which mm-hmm. is not the same kind of neurochemical phenomenon. And so, you know, I, if I were Solomon and someone said, here are these two drugs, uh, I, I would say, well, it's untenable to have the more dangerous one legal and the other one not. I might say, find a way to discourage use of both. I might say, make pot legal in the way that alcohol is and so forth. But a very good friend of mine who founded a mental health consortium um, and is he has bipolar disorder and alcoholism and addiction. He is several years sober. And um, you know who I'm talking about, I think. Probably. I can't think of who it is off the top of my head, but we can talk yeah, offline. Yeah. Um, pretty famous guy. And he, I, I was at an event where he was asked about this. You know, isn't this unfair? And he says, yes, it is. But practically speaking, given that we are in a culture and a society where already alcohol is way out of control, do we really need to be making it easier and legal for folks to bring yet another potentially harmful drug into the mix? And he's talking about things like driving while, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the notion, which you know we can talk about, I don't have a firm belief in gateway, Okay, but the notion that potentially using something and enjoy it, it, I think I can see certainly see how that would lead to an invitation to try something that actually was destructive. Mm-hmm. Say, well, I enjoyed my my time with pot, not gateway in the sense of now that I've tried pot, I feel compelled, but more just it might make it easier to say yes to it. Right. Right. Um, and and he is particularly critical of. Well, frankly, things like this. We talked about these toasted s'mores. The individual packets inside don't say anything about what's in it. You kind of have to hunt a little on the outside package to find it in small print. And Joe Cameling, you know, once something's legal, you will see, as you did with cigarettes, as you've seen with booze, things like cartoon characters. It already exists with pot. You know that. Sure. You know, little animals on on containers yeah. and such. I, I do think that at least some states have have very specific mm-hmm. rules About on that. that sort right that sort yeah. of thing make it not look like it's something like a kid's candy so it is a little surprising to see that those individually wrapped things don't specifically say that but um yeah yeah in terms uh there are so many things that right. we can talk about. That brought up uh, a hornet's nest. The <laughs> right, last right. thing I'll say about it before I turn it back to you, see, I, I need to do some intentional listening of the interviewer, uh, clearly, but. Just as I don't want booze glamorized to kids, I don't want pot or anything else like that glamorized to kids because deep down I really kind of do feel in self, uh, believe in self-reliance. And again, I'm not talking about medications. I'm someone who benefits from medications. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about recreational use of mind-altering substances should not be glamorized or romanticized in my opinion because I would like those kids whose brains are still forming 
you know, into their early 20s to grow up and become their best selves and then make uh, sound, independent judgments about things like recreational uh, drug use and alcohol. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that I've heard that your brain is still forming until you're like 25. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah. I I am a big proponent of waiting until at least then. I'm not saying that states should make it illegal until you're 25. Um, you know, if you're going to do that for pot, you should do that for alcohol as well. Right. Um, How the, about illegal till 18? I think yeah, that's a that's a funny one because you know there's the argument of well we can get we can go to war we can get drafted for war at 18 but we can't drink or have pot until I said we're 21. Till 18, I'm talking about 17 year olds and younger who don't get drafted, who don't vote. Right. Okay. They're still children legally in oh, every yeah. sense. So I would say it should not be legal for them, and that honestly, parents who are you know, you have to think about that. Our parents who are, are disseminating, uh, distributing, uh, mind-altering substances, recreationally mind-altering. I'm not talking about, you know, ADHD stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, are they endangering their children? I mean, I would say that children in a, a house where folks are smoking cigarettes are endangering their children. I would call DCFS because, For sure. you know, that's secondhand smoke and those kids are inhaling it day after day, year after year. That's And wrong. they have no control over that. Right. The or now don't. during COVID, you know, if, if the parents are being irresponsible about COVID, they're endangering their children, not to mention everyone else out there. Parents don't wear a mask. Kid doesn't wear a mask. Well, uh, they're, they're going to, the chance actually of them infecting others is greater than the chance of them getting infected. And it's all wrong. It's all irresponsible. Don't get me started on Christian science. You know, I won't. <laughs> uh, if some kid needs an operation, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm going to see that the government gets that kid uh, an operation so that she can live. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, if the parents have a problem with it, well, let's go to court and see if you should even have this kid in your home. Well, this podcast just turned into a parenting podcast, <laughs> so we're just going to change the name right now. Right. When well, I'm a parent, I no. want my nanny state. I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it, there's there's a, there's a lot more that definitely could be talked about. The the only thing that I can remember off the top of my head is um, in terms of the the gateway mm-hmm. situation. I don't have any scientific data. I wish I had more of that in my brain. But just anecdotally, mm-hmm. just 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 from talking to people, um, nobody's ever said, or they've actually actively said, I, I was never. After smoking weed for a while, it was it was not a gateway thing for me. I didn't want to go try, you know, mm-hmm. heroin or other crack or whatever that mm-hmm. was. You know, that th- those are just anecdotes. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that they've they've done some studies, and I couldn't tell you the the data on that or the data, as some people like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, th- that's definitely something that um, I think in general that's essentially been disproven with 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 cannabis. It might even actually have gone the other way that that alcohol is almost more of a gateway drug uh-huh. than that cannabis is uh-huh. because your, your inhibitions are much lower. My guess is it's a gray area. My guess oh, it's yeah. very hard to quantify and prove one way or the other. And I'm not certainly not saying like, you know, the, during the Reagan era, the whole just say no movement would, would say that absolutely this is the first step, you know, on a journey down to heroin, you know, no, I'm saying that just common sense tells me that if you've, tried it, you're using it, you enjoy it, probably you're more inclined to say yes to trying something else. Right. Just the fact that you're interested in trying something that's going to alter you in some way, whether it's cannabis or alcohol or whatever, 
you, there's a higher chance that you're going to be more willing to say mm-hmm. yes to other things. You've as had a well. positive experience, and so they yeah. would say, "Then the pot is a stalking horse for something worse." And I would say it may turn out to be in some cases, but it, you know, it's not intended as that, and it's not deployed as that. Yeah, and just in general, I think on the legalization side, I think the biggest issue just has been that the the the, the propaganda mm-hmm. around it uh, has just been so so irresponsible Mm -hmm. so backwards so incorrect uh over the last hundred years Mm -hmm. that that was the big reason to like well you know this this isn't the thing that you you're saying it is Mm -hmm. and there's no reason that it should be illegal especially considering the fact that alcohol is Mm -hmm. these are words i've said before sure but but um haven't we haven't had that conversation well and just getting back to my friend his attitude is um in theory you're right um that it's not fair uh and it is you know very preferential to alcohol but in practice here's the situation on the ground we're trying to help people with major mental illness which is so often you know overlapping and what's the word co blank yeah with substance abuse of various kinds and 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 um, what we're trying to do is get people the substances they need from the pharmacist mm-hmm. and uh, not have them relying on something that, you know, is is maybe deflecting the greater issue. Yeah. And uh, that that is obviously a huge topic. And I completely understand that that sentiment of of, you know, why are why are we bringing another thing into this world? That's an option for people to get dependent on or, you know, have have a problem with. And um you know, this is actually another argument for legalization because until it is federally legalized, it's very, very difficult to actually do mm-hmm. scientific studies on yeah. it. And until we can actually do as um, the the, um, the right amount of scientific studies that we should be able to do, like other countries can, uh, we're not going to know those the answers to those questions. Yeah. I have three questions for you. Is that okay? <laughs> not to turn the table. I guess. They just sort of emerge, and since I'm not high, I'll probably remember all three. Um, <laughs> first, I just want to say, and you know, I don't disagree with what you're saying, um, which is what we say when we don't want to say I agree with <laughs> right. what you're saying. Um, the friend I mentioned, okay, so he is speaking from place of some authority as not just a mental health expert, but as a recovering alcoholic uh, who also smoked pot and took pills mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and has a major mental illness that is in check with medication. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just he has he has credence sure. uh, from that point of view. And just and on he's that, doing heroic work yeah. to make the world a better place. And just on that point, real quick, I want to say that this I'm not saying or arguing that cannabis is a thing to, to fix all those things. There mm-hmm. are definitely things that medication is 100 percent the thing that needs right. to be used right. over anything else. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Proceed. think that it may have some use in um, mood disorder treatment. And I agree with you that legalization is a good step toward studying that. I wanted to ask you about um, studies that I've seen over the years that did seem to be legit. Um, one dealt with um, male, what was it? It was something having to do with male sexuality. I think it may have been sperm count. Okay. Uh, male reproduction, not sexuality. And it seemed to, to, to suggest um, uh, a suppressive effect from marijuana. Another one suggested a suppression of immune function uh for for all genders 
Um, and the, the, the third question is, um, I agree with you about the, the anti-pot propaganda um, low these many decades. Do you feel that there's also been pro-pot propaganda during that time that has been inaccurate or harmful? Uh, so let's go back to the beginning. Yeah. Uh, the in terms of the the sperm count and the immune mm-hmm. the immune response, I can't speak to that scientifically. Have you heard it? Um, heard it? I I'm not sure actually. Okay. I I have heard. Well, there's your homework, Spence. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I will be the first to admit that I am not an expert on yeah. the, the data, and I, I need to I. learn more. Yeah. Yeah. I just heard heard you know I'd seen. Uh, data from that probably in Time magazine, which right. I know is an establishment organ, but they were also like they were um, JAMA or The Lancet right. in England. They were legit studies, it yeah. seemed. And, and so what I will say is that I, I think I've heard both. You know, I've heard things on both sides, and that's part of the problem yeah. is that we're getting uh, we're getting scientific information that argue both sides. Yeah. And then you sort of have to look at, well, what were the details of the study and who paid for the study? Because right. that's a huge sure. thing about you know. Sure. So, um, but but these are these are things that I will try and remember to look into. Um, but I have heard a lot of, of studies that that do specifically go back against the the immune response, like um, okay. you know helping to counteract cancer or to mm-hmm. help it stop it from occurring in the first place. You know mm-hmm. there there are studies that talk about these things, but like you say, there are there are studies that say the opposite. So there's really no solid answer at this point it makes sense that anything that's going to um engender calmness and relaxation could have a very positive effect in in combating cancer yeah heart disease blood pressure i mean issues. just stress itself and depression will have a physiological effect on the heart and the immune system yeah, right. creating cancer cells or whatever it is That's on right. your immune system That's in general. Right. That's right. Um, so, I mean, just that in and of itself will, I think, help a lot. And, you know, and the fact that you look at the the majority of the states in the country have approved it medically, I think, says something there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's still obviously a lot of studies to be done in the future. Uh, PTSD was something that popped in my head a little bit mm-hmm. ago. Right. Um, there, there's... A lot of studies that that show that, and also um, psilocybin mushrooms have a huge effect on the um, on on counteracting PTSD. I'm gonna say, as someone who who voluntarily works in and around mental health, that um, anything with the potential to be hallucinogenic probably should not be used with PTS. Well, and, and by the way, just very quickly, we call it PTS in this community. Because um, a general retired uh, has come forth and said, "Drop the yes. It's hard enough for me to get these guys and gals from this macho culture to acknowledge that they have a syndrome." Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we, we, you know, if we say you've done three tours, you're dealing with a lot of stress, you've actually been traumatized. That's hard enough to get them to get help. Sure. But when you hang that S on it, uh-huh. um, you know, or the I'm sorry, the D, the you- T at the end disorder right 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 that makes it much harder to convince them to get help and so we call it pts yeah and i do think i've heard that before yeah. so thank you for reminding yeah. me as well but and anything hallucinogenic potentially so, who's hallucinogenic and that's not pot i know no no, no but, but i've had or not hallucinations right but specifically with mushrooms what they do is that it's a it's a very low dose it's mi- mm-hmm. micro dosing um so they don't get to that level yeah. just the just a little bit is enough to help the brain uh, help, yeah. you know, help itself in, in, in dealing with those things. Yeah. Um, th- uh, I thought that I had something else to say. Yeah. 
there there are there there's no hard evidence to really any of it um you had mentioned um what was the third thing the negative propaganda or no no uh, posi- yeah. positive propaganda uh, uh, um pro propaganda and i mean i acknowledge that the anti has like reefer madness for instance yeah has been just over the top and and um you know unfair and harmful and i'm wondering if you feel that there's also been propaganda from the other side that has been over the top and and negative and potentially harmful nothing that i am specifically aware of but i will say i'm sure that there is mm-hmm. i'm sure that people uh maybe go a little bit too far in uh in their message as people generally do sure sure yeah. um but at the same time i think that uh that it pales in comparison mm-hmm. to to the negative yeah. propaganda, yeah, yeah, I, I think that what the majority of the pro propaganda, pro pro pot, pro pot propaganda, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think the majority of what that is is really just trying to get the real information out there, which is actually what this podcast podcast is all about. And that's not propaganda. If you're getting real information out, yeah, yeah. that's not propaganda, right? If you can find examples of, you know, anything from the the community that is encouraging um, of people below the age of consent, um, that this is great and this is fun and this has absolutely no potentially harmful impact or side effects on you, your life, your grades, your schooling, uh, getting caught, your police record, et cetera, et cetera. That to me would be propaganda. Yeah. And I disagree with that, all that stuff. Yeah. I, I would be the first to say, if I had a kid, this, this was sort of a, we'll, we'll let this be sort of the end of this portion Parenting of the- Parenting section. Yeah. <laughs> if, 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 I, if I were a parent, I would say, try it, but wait until you're at least 25. Try it if you want to. If you want to. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Although, um, I think that this is sort of what I've learned as I've gotten- a little bit older in my years, um, I think that there there is a vast world out there, and I think that you you sort of I don't want to say you owe it to yourself, mm-hmm. but I think that you'll you'll learn more about who you are as mm. a person if you if you experiment with things. And obviously, if you don't want to, don't do it. You know, I completely agree with yeah. that statement. Yeah. Um, but. I feel like uh, there is a lot of peer pressure. That's real. Oh, I can ab- tell you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There and are, that's I, a bad thing. It is a bad thing. And I think there are countless people who try things for the first time because of peer pressure. Right. And I'm grateful that I did not do that. Uh, but yes, 100% agree that people should not, people should not, they, they, need, they need to do it on their own terms. That's right. And I wouldn't want a teen uh, or preteen to smoke pot because it seemed expected of her any more than I would want her to feel like she had to perform a blowjob on Ricky. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it, it's got to be on your own terms when you're ready. Um, and I think that there is something to say about experimenting with different things. I mean, that that's the same for a little bit of pot, a little bit of alcohol and different foods. You know, mm-hmm. personally, I don't like mushrooms, but I force myself to force myself. I've got a little country accent in there. Yeah, well, I, I force myself to have them every once in a while because I know they're good for me. Yeah, and I know that they're healthy. So, Spence, I don't like them cooked, but I love them raw on salad. Do you like them raw at all? Not 
really I don't the, like them at all. It's about the texture of them when they're cooked combined That's with worse. the flavor. Yeah, it's and the eggplant flavor. too. When it, the cooked eggplant, there's something about the te- and it's similar to mushroom. Something yeah. about that slightly slimy. Yeah. And yet I love raw oysters, so who knows? But I do <laughs> like the you know the white. What are they? Shiitake, whatever they are. The the mushrooms raw on a salad. I like that a lot. So she only likes them cooked. Yeah. And as the cook for the household, uh, I cook some, put them on her salad. Yeah. I leave the rest raw. Put them yeah. on mine. For me, it's it's both. It's the taste okay. and the texture. Okay. But um, but it's sort of the same thing. It's it's see what the foods are out there. Travel if you can. You know, see what else is out there. <laughs> talk to people who you wouldn't necessarily want to talk to. Um, and and I think that. You, you learn more a lot about yourself. I feel like I had more to say about this, but I can't even remember at this point. Um, but it's, it's yeah, get um, away from those s'mores, Spence. Come yeah, on. right. Um, but I do just want to clarify that I, I, I do think that people need to wait mm-hmm. until they're older, like we said. Um, that goes with alcohol, too. Yes, it does. Um, you know, I think that in, in Europe, France mm-hmm. especially, they let their kids their kids have a little bit of wine. Right. And I think that they created a culture around alcohol that is not abusive right. like it, here it, it is here in America. And that I respect. You know, if it's that's a little right. bit here and there that's right. w- with, with, the, uh, with your parents around, I think that's fine. And this was my experience growing up. Okay. Okay, but I see, I see again, a qualitative difference here. This time, it, sure. this time it favors alcohol. And yeah. that is that, sure, they would pour me half a glass of wine at Christmas or Thanksgiving dinner. Correct me if I'm wrong. There is no particular joy other than the taste of a gummy or a s'more in the immediate experience of taking pot into yourself. I mean, I suppose the warm smoke might feel good or something. What I'm saying is that when I was a kid, I never had nearly enough to get a buzz. It was to be part of this kind of formal or holiday or whatever experience. And and what do you think of the taste? I like this one. I didn't like that one. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know. So I, you know, now that I say it, I'm hearing that there is the potential for an immediate enjoyment level of something that the pot in a form that tastes good or or smoke that feels good. I, right. I, yeah. So maybe they're not that different in that regard. No, but I what what is different? I think is. Um, how cannabis greatly affects your brain, mm-hmm. I think, more so, and I'm going to feel terrible if I'm wrong about this, but my gut is that it affects your brain more so than alcohol does, it, especially in those younger years. Right, so that a kid could have a third, a half of a glass of wine right. when he's 14 yeah, and, and be big enough that that's not going to do shit, except maybe taste good. Right. Whereas uh, a comparable dose if you will of pot is going to have yeah an altering effect yeah ab- i i do agree with that yeah. for sure um yeah so so we we definitely um went into directions that i was not expecting but Good. i liked it because that i i like having these conversations and uh you know learning more about each other and and thinking about things that we wouldn't have thought about so that was that was really awesome um i actually do still have a couple of questions Great. for you if you're Let's okay do with it. that Let's do it. um in general, and you can interpret this however you want, how much would you say is pot in your life or a part of your yeah. life? Um, marginal. Yeah. Simply because, what did I say? Maybe eight times in the past six months. Yeah. You know? Um, and again, we, we agree. My wife and I agree. That was interesting. Glad we did it. Um, probably do it again from time to time. 
um, can't say, oh, this was so wonderful, we want to do it a lot. But neither was it bad, and it was interesting. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, for smart people, uh, it's interesting to to encounter new things. But this takes, really for anyone, but this takes me back to this, what you were saying about new experiences. New experiences are good. They are. And you're using the comparison to food. But the thing is, those mushrooms, unless they're psychoactive, eating them or not eating them is not going to really, you know, change your brain functioning. Right, right. And likewise, you know, uh, uh, if I decided, well, I've dabbled or, or more in most art forms, but I've never tried glass blowing. That would be an interesting experience. And so I go and do a class in it. It's not the same. No, it's not the same, although... Um not to the same level at least, but there is something I think that's going on in your brain. When you when you learn a new skill mm-hmm. or whatever yes. it is, you're creating these new pathways in your brain that marijuana is also doing, but on a much different and larger level. A more direct level. Yes, a more yeah. direct level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Some of these questions don't necessarily apply to you. Oh, um, you, you, given your experience, you know, you, you haven't... Um, you haven't experienced um, a lot of the things a lot of other people have in terms of, you know, the music and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, creativity or the food or things like that. So, um, you know, I, I definitely do. I thought I had something more profound Dog to say about that. But... I've experienced. Oh, yeah. Tell us. Tell me about that. I actually wrote that down. I <laughs> yeah. wanted to know more about that. I knew you'd come back to that. And, and uh, I'm glad to have led you there because yes. of this beloved dog. And uh, <clears throat> we've had him almost 10 years. And so I've done a lot of walking of him. And uh, did take him out by myself um, one time after she had fallen asleep, after my wife had fallen asleep. And, uh, you know, last walk of the night. It's, you got to do it. And uh, there we were walking north on a very familiar stretch of sidewalk. And I'm feeling different. And things are looking a little different. And the headspace is just, it's just different, uh, different arrangement of the furniture. And he looks back at me, as he sometimes does, only this time with a human expression <laughs> on his face. Not a human face. Right. Not the, the dog man from 1977 Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Not that. But just an expression with more intellect and savvy than I'm accustomed to mm-hmm. from a very sweet but not very bright dog. Right. And <laughs> Objectively speaking. <laughs> and it wasn't so extreme that it like made me scream or jump or anything, but it's like... Oh, that's different, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Hi, Paul, says I to my dog. Uh, Hi. (laughs) What's going on, man? (laughs) This was all during the walk. Yeah. 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 So, thank God he did not reply. Yeah. That would have been a whole other situation. (laughs) So, what do you think was going on there? I, I mean, I could be generous and say that I was seeing a side of him that I usually don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think it, it's, it was, you know, not a hallucination, but a, a skewed or altered um, perception. Do you think that he was actually doing something a little bit different with his face? <laughs> and, and be, um, or do you think that you were just seeing his face in a different way? I think the latter. Um, I'd say the former if I had, if I believed that he had any sense that I was acting differently. Right. And that's possible. Sure. 
Um, he may have been picking up on something. Maybe without even knowing it, I was talking to him weirdly or singing weirdly or or the the root was a little bit jagged or something that I'm not aware of. And maybe he turned back to look at me because something was out of the ordinary. That certainly could be. But if so, it's not anything I noticed. It just seemed to be this, uh, you know, the dog initiating a human expression over the shoulder at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that we, especially, you know, when under the influence of something, we definitely do things differently that we're very much not aware of. Yeah. yeah. And dogs are so much in their routine of the, right. the route that you take on the walk, That's a, uh, the speed. They rely on that consistency. Yeah. I may have been skipping, you know, which <laughs> right. would have done the trick. Chances sure. are, I'm going to guess no. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, or even just the tightness of the leash, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, all those little things, they're so attuned to that mm-hmm. stuff. There definitely could have been something yeah, different that be. was going on. Could be. We'll never know. Yeah. Uh, you also mentioned just looking around in like a room mm-hmm. that you're used to. Uh, any any specifics about that? A slight difference, you know. I, I, it, it didn't turn into German expressionism or something. Right. It's just like Maybe the ceiling looked like it was going just a little bit wider out or a mm-hmm. little wide, tiny bit wider than the walls or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's not a specific thing I noticed. It's just I'm trying to, because I don't remember what I noticed, but I remember the character of it. And I think it was sort of along those lines. Yeah. It just feels a little bit different than what you're used to. Slight distortion. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think your future with cannabis might be like? Well, you know, we have some left. We we're certainly not going to let them go to waste. I see there's one and a half glazed clementine orange gummies and there's several of the not for Halloween uh, trick-or-treat use toasted s'mores. Um, I know we'll go through these and probably get some more at some point, but you know, sorry to disappoint anyone out there who or you, Spence, who were hoping that um, maybe that I would uh, really take to it. I n- neither took to it nor took against it. Sure. But uh, if there's a, a positive here, we could say, A, we have more of an understanding now of, you know, this experience. And B, for me, maybe for her, I, don't, I wouldn't speak for her. Um, for me, there's probably... Not that there was a ton of judgment, but there was some. There's probably a little bit less judgment on my part uh-huh. um, toward people for whom this is important. I, I never have, you know, been in someone who judges you because, you know, you're really in that petty department of people who may use but also get a lot done. And uh, you're not, to my mind, a floor sitter. Whoa, I just had this idea. No, I, I would never put you in that category. And I do know people for whom it has seemed to me to be detrimental to their productivity. Mm-hmm. And my you're not perception. the first to say that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's my perception. Yeah, uh, it, it, there's definitely some truth to that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's also truth to the other side. I, I know people from high school who would smoke regularly, but are also uh, in, you know very productive, very smart. You know, mm-hmm. you'd never know that yeah. that was a part of their life. They do they be- smoke still? Most of them. Um, maybe a few, a little bit here and there, but I don't okay. think it's as much as it was. I think they sort of got that out of their system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you, a, a question that came up to me was, um, do you think that it's changed your relationship at all, you and your wife? Mm. Do you think that there's been any? I'd say a little bit, and that it's one more thing we've shared. 
Sure, sure. Which is all to the good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, and maybe, too, the fact that we've come out of it with very similar kind of evaluatory responses. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if one of us had come out saying, oh, let's do this all the time, and the other, I really didn't like it, right. that would be bad. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, in terms of uh, the, the, the note on Halloween and trick-or-treating, yeah. uh, I, I've seen, I don't know if it's memes or whatever it is, but people have said, there's no way... People are going to give kids... Something that expensive. Well, yeah, basically. <laughs> they're not going to give their marijuana to kids because that's a lot of money and they, they want to keep it for themselves. Beyond I mean. And beyond that, too, vast majority of users, just like you know, the vast majority of functional adults, are not going to be that reckless Yeah. with kids. Yeah. So the, 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 the other joke is the worst thing that's going to happen to you when you get high is you're going to put the TV remote in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. That's about as bad right. as it gets. Well, you know, and another thing about edibles, I think, and, uh, you know, um, if there are brownies, even if someone has made them, if there are these grams, if someone doesn't know what that is, they're likely to, you know, pick up two, three brownies at a sitting. Yeah. Like like this little individual s'more. Oh, cool that s'mores are individual. You end up with taking five, you know, eating five or six. So labeling is really important, and the education that goes with, you know, edibles are different. Yeah, and I do think that most people like it. For instance, if they were to make brownies and bring them to a party or something like that, I do think most people who have who were the one who brought it um, are are aware enough to make it clear to everybody these are different. These are special. Put a sign over it. Put a post-it on a whatever right. a covering right. or something like that. Right. Um, but yes, there are One a lot of stories. One customer, story. please. <laughs> right. But or you a, know, a bite. Spence, you're a little. You're more than a little younger than I am. I don't know if you remember the sitcom from the 70s and 80s called Barney Miller. It's the 12th Precinct, Manhattan, mm-hmm. um, and one of the great sitcoms and the classic episode. Everyone's favorite is called Hash, and it's where Wojo the Polish-American blue-collar detective is dating a hippie, and he brings in these brownies she made. Uh, And then you get to see every one of your beloved uh, squad detectives high. (laughs) And it is hilarious. Sure. Go to YouTube. That's part of your homework. Just look up Barney Miller hash. The whole thing is up there. Yeah, I actually, that sounds very entertaining because I'm very curious to know how they portrayed it. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, is it accurate? Is it not accurate? Does it really matter? It's funny. Who cares? Well, yeah, one of the detectives, Harris, he's no stranger to it. Very clearly, he's no stranger uh, to okay. it. And Barney says, you know, he's he's high but more functional, probably because he's used to it. Yeah. And Barney, the 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 um, captain, he says, Harris, when they're figuring out what's happening, take this and and you know, and have this tested. And he says, okay, and he puts it right in his mouth. <laughs> not like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh, do you ever watch Bob's Burgers? Uh, no, I, I, I should because I love King of the Hill, and I've okay. heard that they're pretty similar. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen as much King of the Hill. I would almost venture to say Bob's Burgers is funnier, but they're also different. It depends um, how you grew up. I grew up as yeah. Bobby Hill, essentially. Yeah, you, uh, you a, might appreciate... With a very, very straightforward, you know, by-the-book yeah. suburban dad. Yeah. yeah, you might appreciate King of the Hill more, uh, but Bob's Burgers is great, and there's one episode where they have the same situation. I think they eat some special cookies that they didn't yeah. know, and they get high, and it's hilarious i don't think anyone did it before barney miller because this was like 76 ish mm. which is pretty gutsy yeah pretty ballsy at that time you know, it was right before the the sitcom soap which went like intentionally broke all these taboos and barriers okay um 
and they got away with it. Yeah, it would be actually, I should probably do some research. What was the first one to, yeah. to do this? But this one got so much attention and still is so well-remembered and loved. I would say it's a signal moment, probably, probably. in the depiction of pot in the media, yeah. mass media, mass Interesting. culture. Yeah. I will have to look into that. Yeah. Uh, and then um, just the last question is, what do you want to say to pot? Say to it? Yeah. Um, wow. That's a great question. It's very creative. Do you usually end with that? Yeah. 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 Uh, nice knowing you. Stop by from time to time. I don't think we'll be hiring you for this organization. <laughs> but uh, maybe on free. a freelancer every <laughs> once in a while. Maybe the occasional freelance uh, consultant uh, weekend job. Yeah. 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 Um, good to know you. Sounds good. Good to know you. Go. This- oh, and one other thing, Pod. You go out there and help the sick people whom you are so capable of helping, whether it's their eyes or chronic or, or, or um, you know, uh, fatal conditions or, or, I don't know, migraines, probably severe arthritis, bursitis. I, I don't know what the list is, but I know there's a lot. Mm-hmm. And very glad that you're um, able to legally uh, and, and hopefully insured uh mm. that's a whole nother yeah uh make make visits to them and i think your time is probably better spent over there than with me sounds good thank you very much this was uh an incredibly informative and fun discussion that uh i i i hope the uh, the, the people uh, appreciated it as much as i did so thank you for that you're very welcome it was a, a fine conversation even when i was talking <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, I really just don't know much about this stuff, you know. Right. And, and you know, we, we both, I think, have a lot of education. I have some homework to do. Mm-hmm. I need to go look up some things. You've got some homework to do. Uh, maybe in another uh, month or two or six or eight or whatever it is, I'll, I'll come back and we'll, we'll talk about some of these other things. Yeah, we could do that. And, and I, I think that um, just about those, I think you'll, you'll have a broader experience of how it affects you yes. once you do those things that are, I think, so integral to who you are yeah. as a person. Yeah, yeah. Music making, um, probably drawing, probably writing. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that leap to mind. Some some movie watching, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe watch The Shining. There yeah. it is. Yeah. You're going to write these down for me and and send me a, an assignment sheet? Yes. Okay. I will do that. All right, thanks. I will make... Now I can check them off. An engraved invitation. We'll see if I can make the check inside the box um, <laughs> or where it will be. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. refuse to submit to the fascism of checking the box. <laughs> <laughs> Think outside the box, man. Uh, cool. Well, um, thank you to all of you very much for listening. As I usually say at the end of these, please rate and review and wow. share and subscribe and all those fun things. Um, and uh, thank you to thank you to Sam for having this discussion with me. Uh, the dog was out here for a little while before, but he, he didn't want to stay, so he left. He didn't give us any strange looks. And no. if I may say in closing, Dave's not here, man. Uh, all right, with that, we are ending this uh, this episode. So uh, until next time, this is Spencer talking about when people are high. Goodbye.